welcome back to another episode of the Deck Boys. <laughs> I, mean, it's not, I mean, it's not too inaccurate. Um, I've been playing things on other consoles as well, but... Why? Y- <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know what I mean? Why? We'll get to that later. It's a I've been thing. unfaithful too. I'm sorry, Mike. I've been unfaithful. Ah, uh, what are you playing games on? Oh, I see. I, I'm taking a look at his notes. Okay. So wow. <laughs> right. You have a very diverse diet. Show here yeah, to look yeah, at this. absolutely. I, I'm a diverse kind of guy. I'm all about the diversity here. Look at this. Look at well, this list. Uh, well, um, Mike. I'm not yeah. going to say I'm not about diverse. I'm not going to like say that. But what I will say is I am only playing games on the Steam Deck right now. Only? Like exclusively? It's not like I'm like shunning everything else, but at the moment I'm kind of like, why would I play on anything else? Like the one, the one place that I am uh, playing games that are not on the Steam Deck is on the PC because we're doing fundraising streams, right? Right now, which I we should probably mention actually, it's September. So here at Relay FM, uh, we come together to support St Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. For the fourth consecutive year, the Relay FM community is rallying together again to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude, which is finding cures and saving children. Because quite frankly, what St. Jude does is incredible. And the childhood cancer is a thing that ultimately we can all agree upon is a charity worthy of our support. Mm -hmm. Um, It is Mm -hmm. estimated that more than 400,000 children worldwide develop cancer each year and nearly half of them are never diagnosed. In the United States, more than four out of five children survive cancer, but in many developing countries, this statistic is reversed. Fewer than one out of five children diagnosed of cancer will live. The most significant predictor of whether a child will survive cancer is where that child lives, and that is, frankly, a horrible, unacceptable thing. That's why in March 2018, St. Jude became the first and only World Health Organization collaborating center for childhood cancer. The goal of the WHO Global Initiative for Childhood Cancer is to raise the survival rate of six common childhood cancers to 60% by 2030. That's not very far away. Uh, so it's a very like big goal and it's a big thing that they're aiming for. Last December, St. Jude and the WHO launched the Global Platform for Access to Childhood Cancer Medicines. It aims to provide free chemotherapy medicines in the next few years to as many as 120,000 children around the world of cancer. So while St. Jude is something that is located in one place in Memphis, Tennessee in the USA, they do stretch across the world with their work and with their ambitions for defeating childhood cancer. Like, say, what I want you to do. Go to stjude.org slash relay. You can donate and find out more about our fundraising that we're doing this year. So you can donate and we have uh, great gifts if you do make a donation. Uh, but you can also sign up to fundraise. Start a fundraiser of your own this year and you can help spread the mission. And we have some incentives for people that do that. Please go to stjude.org slash relay today to donate, find out more about fundraising, and let's cure childhood cancer together. So video games then. Uh, so I have been playing basically exclusively on my Steam Deck. And the reason is there's been a couple of games that I've been interested in playing that were new and they were available for PC as well as other platforms. Um, and so I'm just deciding at the moment for me, if I'm going to play something, I will want to play it on my Steam Deck because it is currently for me the best way for me to play games. I can play them wherever I want, wherever I am, wherever I'm at home, wherever I'm at the studio. Uh, I can pick something up for five minutes without the whole rigmarole of setting things up. Even the PlayStation is a higher like barrier to entry for me than the Steam Deck is, right? So I've been playing everything there. I'm actually happy because the game that I've played the most since we last spoke is Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, the big Devolver thing. Yeah. yeah. It's done really hmm. well. Yeah, it did like a million copies in the first few days. Just incredible. Yeah, it's currently my game of the year. Whoa. Okay, yeah. I'm buying that today. It is superb. I mean, it is like it's a cross between Animal Crossing and Hades. What? That's how I would describe it. So you have yeah. the kind of the 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 base building uh maintenance of people in the cult and then you go out and do dungeon crawling roguelike action. 
it's just a superb video game. Like, yeah, I was intrigued about it. I'd heard some things about it, and then the reviews came out, and I was like, oh, okay. So I went and got it. I finished it. I, I beat it, which is pretty cool. Uh, I've, I haven't beat a video. I haven't beat a video game in a really <laughs> long time. Uh, so that that's good. I beat it, and my wife Adina played it too. She absolutely loves it. Um, and she actually finished this morning, which was pretty cool. Uh, but she played on Switch, and I'm really happy I played on Steam Deck because just the performance difference was mm. pretty astounding. Wow, really? Yeah. Because I considered playing it on the Switch because I've also been playing this game. And I considered the Switch because of the OLED display, but I figured, and I didn't know this, but I figured, eh, I guess the performance is going to be better on the deck. So much better. Because even on the deck, you're, some, wow. you're, you're going between 40 and 60 frames, right? Cause yeah, you do get you do get the It drops, does a lot yeah. of that screen shaking uh, thing, you know, like that a lot of indie games do, but it can be, and I think they do it to good effect. But also as well, this game can get quite a lot going on on screen at any one time like depending on how many enemies or how many cult members and like the action that's occurring at any one time especially some of the bosses they're like the, they can turn into these bizarre huge things where like fire coming out of every you know pore like it get a bit wild so uh, you can see a bit of a uh, performance hit there I will say like I was playing it on Steam Deck she was playing it on Switch visually it looks better right because of the oled and then when she wasn't playing handheld she played on the tv and again looks like the colors are so much nicer because it's a it's a very pretty game but the performance just wasn't the same and then also you know this was a game that like it became very popular etc etc and so you know just like any game there were a lot of bugs like the things that could be ironed out it's quite a complicated game with a lot of mechanics and i was getting daily sometimes multiple times a day bug fixes and Adina on the Switch is having to wait like a week to mm. get bug fixes, right? So like this game just feels like it was, for, I feel like I made the right decision uh, in choosing the Steam Deck. But yeah, it's just fantastic. It's very funny. Um, uh, it's very weird. The art style is like creepy cute. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. It. I really, really yeah. liked it a lot. I really recommend it. I'm a couple of hours into it, and um, h- how long would you say that it that it took you to beat the game, like the main story? I guess. Well, I mean, I have my Steam Deck here. Give me a few minutes, and I will be able to give you the answer to that question definitively. Because right. I, I yeah. assume the Steam Deck has playtime. Well, what it should show you on the on the games page? It should show you for how long you've played the game. Twenty hours. Uh, Twenty hours. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's that's manageable. Um, uh, speaking of the of the creepy, cute heart style, have you played or have you seen at all um, Nobody Saves the World? I heard about it. It got yeah. pretty mixed reviews, so yeah. I, I didn't have it particularly high on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. So I'm a couple of hours into this game, and what I think it does really well is it strikes a nice balance. Um, sort of like imagine this Venn diagram for people who like Hades and people who like management simulators like mm-hmm. Animal Crossing or, um, oh gosh, what's the other one, Mike? Stardew Valley. Yep. Um, but like, with, I like those games. But for me, the problem is that after a while, they they become like homework and there's a lot of like daily commitment, right? Because they follow like the real calendar, for example. And so you got to be really committed to the, to, 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 to the game. But, but in Cult of the Lamb, it feels that everything is a bit more manageable for someone like me. Like, yeah, I like action games, but this is not as complicated as Hades. Now, nope. at least from what I've seen in this first couple of hours. Yeah, I mean, and the, the dungeon crawling roguelike action, it's not as good as Hades either. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like right. the, the way the action feels isn't as good, but it's more than good enough. And it's like the management is not good, not as good as Animal Crossing or Stardew, but it's more than good enough. And like you take these two things and put them together and you end up with a great game. Exactly. So like even though I would I would expect it's not as deep as those uh, management sims, but the combination of the two is something that didn't exist before. And um I don't know, something that I that I've read in the reviews and that I've seen in the, in the that I've heard on on podcasts about this game is sort of the 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 subtle meta commentary about like religions and faith and cults in general. Oh, it's not subtle, but it's not subtle. Okay, so as you as you progress in the story, like is that something you noticed? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's very, like, you kind of can't miss it, you know? Like, just the general conceit of the game is, like, uh, we need there to be, like, I'm a, a, I'm a demon from hell, basically, and uh, I need you to create, a, I'll save your life, I need you to create a cult for me so we can defeat the other demons from hell. It's just, like, just the general conceit of the game is, it's, you know, it's not mean, but it's cynical, but not in, like, a way where... I don't really feel like anybody is being made fun of, but it's very clear that it's like there is a lot of cynicism in the game if you look for it. Like someone is, will very quickly switch cult for food. or You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I'll forget about the person I was like praying to before. Or like, oh, hey, if somebody is uh, dissenting, you just put them in prison and brainwash them. Right, it's just stuff like that. It's just like it's fun little mechanics, but it's like you start looking at it for a second and you're like, oh, okay. But it's mm. cults, right? Like I don't know if we have a great feeling about cults in general. Yeah, I, I don't think we do. Um something I found interesting was um you can actually monitor the faith level of your Mm-hmm. Uh, of your cult followers mm-hmm. uh, and even the, like doing something like rituals like doing something as simple as that you can see the faith meter go up mm-hmm. uh, or or like when you die if you go on a dungeon mission and you die and you come back obviously because like that's that's your deal with with the devil or whatever um your followers lose faith in you because like oh look at this loser who yeah died it's, it's, and, it and, literally <laughs> says your faith went down because your followers think you're weak <laughs> like that's what happens if you die on a run <laughs> it's just like oh thanks <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I love this game I, I think it's really really good it's really fun I, I I struggle to think of a game that bleeds two genres so well together like I heard people talking about like Stardew right you mentioned Stardew now Stardew has its dungeons but the comparison in the quality of the dungeon action between Stardew and Cult of the Lamb, it's like it's like my first video game, you know, kind of feeling in Stardew. Because mm-hmm. uh, the action's so bad, but it's kind of not the point. So it's not an issue for Stardew particularly, but you really I feel like it's really clear to notice that uh when you're playing a game like this. So yeah, I, I really, really recommend it. Really recommend it. Yeah. I have a few other games that I've dipped into because this has been the majority of my time. But since completing Cult of the Lamb, there's a few games that I've given a bit of a try to. Uh, one is Rollerdrome. Oh, the that's the the one with the with the cool graphical yeah. style. This is from Roll Seven, which is the same company that created uh, Oli Oli mm. and Oli Oli World, which is kind of wild that. Uh, they were able to come out with another one so fast because I feel like Oli Oli World came out this year. But they roller drum, you're a, you're a roller skating with guns and you do tricks to get ammo and you're in these kind of arenas. I like this game. I need to put more time into it. So far, I feel like it's just chaos and I'm not sure how much control I really have over that chaos which does make me think that maybe I'm just not very good at this game yet. Um, But it's one that I want to put more time into it because I like the idea and I like the way the game feels to play. I'm just not sure yet that I've totally Mm. nailed how to play it. I haven't put a lot of time into it because it's been one of the few games that I've been dipping into a little bit over the last few days. But... I feel like if you enjoy the way it looks from trailers and stuff, then I would recommend it because it pays off in the style department, definitely. Um, But outside of that, I don't know if I can speak to it too much yet because, I, again, I've heard people say really great things about this game. I've just yet to experience it myself. And (laughs) this is funny because of the game I want to talk about next. I think it's just like a get good problem. Or is it one of those games where you have to get into a specific flow? Like um... I think so. Mm. And so I think I think I need to go all in more than I have because I've just been dipping in and out of it and playing other games. And I feel like it's one of those games where if you've not clocked the hours in, 
uh, and you maybe forget a little bit about the controls, and you're going to be in a bit of a bit of a bind for a little bit, you know. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of get good, yeah, I downloaded Elden Ring. Ooh, okay, okay. So oh, here's my problem this. with with Elden Ring. Uh, Shahid, okay. have you played Elden Ring? Yeah, I got it specifically to play on the Steam Deck because I just wanted something top notch. Yeah. Uh, other than all the indie stuff you can imagine, I've yep. got. Uh, most of my stuff is indie. So I downloaded it onto the Steam Deck. I, I talked about it briefly. I think I only mentioned it in passing. But the biggest problem I have with it is my old eyes can't text read size. text. Yeah. Yes. Did you see that Valve added um? It's not great, but like like a not great solution constantly. The magnifier. A magnifier. Yeah. Yeah. It does, it's no good because you got to scroll around. Yes. It's it's not a good solution. It is I mean, a it's, it's a thing it's, in it's a, a pinch, backup. right? It's like yeah, a yeah. one time thing exactly. you do in a game. Like you're not exactly. want to read all of your text that way. Uh, and something like some something like Elden Ring, you really want to read the text. Yes, I mean, especially all of the um, uh, like the player messages. Exactly. That are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that feels important. I mean, trust me, I wanted to love it. Uh-huh. But um, one of the reasons I did my massive shed rearrangement was so that I could sit down somewhere and just play games on their own. Um, and it's not something I'm going to... I've realized there's just no way I'm ever going to be able to play certain types of game on the Steam Deck. And I'm fine with that. It's cool. Not everything needs to be on the Steam Deck. No. <sighs> so, Okay. Though I wish it were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, my, my issue with, with, not issue, but the reason I picked up Elden Ring is not only is this being called game, it will be everybody's game of the year, right? Like major outlets, this is going to be mm. game of the year. The more I hear about it, people are just saying like, this is probably the best game ever made, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> I've got to at least try it, is how I felt. So I downloaded it. It's really hard. (laughs) Right? It's so hard. And I don't know if I am willing to put the time in to how hard this game is. So I'd gone through the, the, like, the tutorial... I can't remember half of the things. Like, what the hell do these flasks do? And why don't they tell me? <laughs> right? Oh, you want the Crimson Tears flask? Great. Like, what does that mean? I don't know what this means. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've, I've tried. <sighs> and this is supposed to be an easy take on the Souls games as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, I, I want to... G- I've got it downloaded, right? I want to try more. But currently, like I've I've gotten out into the world, and I just I'm getting obliterated by everything. Like here's just three random, regular looking dudes with shields murdered immediately, <laughs> right? And it's just like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like I you know, I even I went on YouTube and I was like, what's the best starting class? And I did the whole you know like so I tried my best the whole thing. Just like absolutely obliterated by everything and anyone around me. So, Federico, I know you of all of us, right? You're the biggest mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. Did was yeah. that your experience when you started the game? Were you yeah. getting killed all the time? Well, yes, yeah. So one of my goals for 2022 in terms of video games was to play and finish Elden Ring, and I finished uh, the main story of Elden Ring. And uh, um, I've gone back to it to explore some more, but I'll get into that later. Uh, and this was my first Souls-like game. This was my first From Software game. Never played Dark Souls or Bloodborne before or Sekiro. None of those. Um, so, yeah, the, like I, the first couple of hours, like I knew that it was a hard game, but I really didn't know what it meant to get into, like to, to sort of accept the game for what it is. And so the first couple of hours, like when you get to the first settlement, right outside the castle gates, right? Um, when you see those bunch of regular dudes, like just knights with a, with a shield and armors. Yes. Like, oh, these are like straight, like classic, you know, regular yep. enemy folks. And if you, if you don't follow the right approach, you're going to get just absolutely killed over right. and I over and over. I just walked into this thing. 
and yeah. it's like it's like ruins. Yeah, and I killed this one guy, and then there were like yeah. twenty of them. Like, yeah, and what am I supposed do to do? Okay, okay, so okay, so right there is one of the 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 main things you gotta understand about Elden Ring is you have to avoid getting the attention of multiple enemies at the same time. This is not like the classic action game where you can do a single combo and have like an, uh, like at least not in the beginning, uh, let me specify. Yeah. In the beginning of the game, you cannot just say, oh, it's like God of War. If I'm like, if I have 10 enemies that are flanking me, I'm just gonna, you know, use my axe or my or my chains and I'm gonna get rid of all of them. No, it doesn't work like that. You gotta be, especially in the first, you know, in the first few hours of the game, you got to be very deliberate in terms of how you approach enemies. And so my suggestion there in the in the ruins, which is also where I leveled up, where like I farmed a bunch of runes uh, to level up at the bonfire, um, use stealth and kill them one by one until only the big guy with the big shield is left. And then you can get rid of that guy. Okay. Uh, because now in the beginning, especially when it starts to be like five enemies plus two wolves, for example... Um, you're not. You're just not gonna survive. All and right. uh, also, one of the things you gotta know about Elden Ring and any From Software game is that you can run away from enemies, and after a while, they, they just leave you be. Um, so you can always run away. Enemies do not chase you forever. Which yeah, is, I did a bit of running away, <laughs> like yeah. before that point, because there's like this big guy on a horse, and like I tried yeah. to kill him a yeah. couple of times and realized like I yeah, obviously cannot do this right like, now. Right, so I ran away from him. But then, like, my thought was, do I just run away from everyone in this video game? Like, what am I doing? So you got to be very, like, do not just face enemies head on would be my suggestion. Try to take them on one by one whenever possible. So use stealth in the ruins to at least get rid of some of the guys on the sides right mm-hmm. um and also when if you run into a new type of enemy and after a while you just keep dying that's the game's way to tell you hey you're not supposed to be yeah, here not yet now it's yeah th- this game is very like you mentioned it's very obscure and sh- to Shahid's point this is also considered the more accessible of the from software games so imagine the other ones right <laughs> but th- so this is by design it's the kind of game where it kind of wants you to look up information on the web or just talk to folks or like even read what people are saying on oh, Reddit. I, like, I'm reading those things yeah, constantly. Watch videos like yeah. No, like the, uh, I'm reading like the player messages is what I meant. But yeah. The player yeah. messages are yeah. super useful. Make sure to appraise them because then you get a bonus and uh, it's what, nice. What is to what? Do what? So when you when you read the player message, right? So you can leave a message on the ground in uh-huh. Elden Ring. Yeah, I've been reading like, a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of them are like the usual from software memes. Yeah. Like, why is it always onion or something like, like stupid messages? But when there's a, like a genuinely useful uh, message, like uh, uh, "Be wary of left." Mm-hmm. And that means there's something on the left. Yeah, you can you can appraise a message. You can how like do, cheer how, the message. There's a, bu- there's a there's a button or somewhere. I don't remember. This button, is like the you... other thing of like, it's maybe one of the worst tutorials I've ever experienced in a video. I game. know, I know. It 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 kind of wants you to figure it out on your own, or just watch a tutorial like that explains up, the flasks thing. Like the flasks. They're so like, yeah, oh, here's your flasks. What is that? What is that? Yeah, the what red are one. These? So flasks are potions. The red one is for your health. And but why they... don't they just? Why is it not called a health potion? Why is it like the tears of your elders or whatever? Like why? Yeah, well, why do yeah, they? Know. You know what I mean? So, so you got your blue, your blue flask that's for magic points, and your red flask that's for your health. Then you can modify the flasks to have certain bonuses, but that's for later. But basically, the way the flasks flasks work in Elden Ring is um, whenever you start over from a bonfire uh, or from what's it called a site of grace, um, your uh, flasks are gonna be uh, refilled. So let's say you have three charges to your flask and you use them uh, until w- next time you die, you're gonna be at zero unless you find a charge a place to rest. Is that where? Oh, the no. site of grace is your checkpoint, basically. Right. Where you, you sit know? down? Yeah. Where you sit down. Yes. Okay. They used to be called bonfires in, in Dark Souls, but now are called sites of grace. Okay. Uh, which are also where you level up using runes. So the runes are the money, the currency of the game, basically. Um, 
And yes, so what you're supposed to do is the beginning of the game, uh, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can obviously do the ruins, and once you clear the enemies uh, on, you know, in the, in the ruins, go underground in the in the catacomb of, of the ruin to find. Usually, you find the treasure chest in there. Then from there, uh, the game wants you to go up to the castle, right? But there's a giant enemy that, like, I, um, haven't, I, mean, I haven't been that far yet. But I'm not. I'm not saying you can feel free to tell me this. I'm just like I haven't gotten that far. Uh, just a general tip would be sometimes in this game you're not supposed to fight enemies. You're supposed to run. Even if you think you know how to beat them, sometimes the game kind of just wants you to avoid them and go on until later when you can come back and clear them with like a single strike or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, yes, I would say it's, it's a game that requires a ton of patience. And it's very methodical in terms of like, and I finished the game, like I played, uh, it took me 70 hours to finish the game. Yep. And I would say that the final 20, uh, I played just on the Steam Deck because I was trying to do the final bosses over, well, maybe not 20, but let's say 10 hours. Uh, but for like a week and a half, I tried to do the final boss just over and over and over and over and over until I perfect, perfected the art of beating the final bosses. And that felt very good, I should say. Also, Look up on YouTube. Um, it, like an easy way to approach this game is to be OP, as they say, to be overpowered yeah. early in the game. And there's multiple ways to do it. And don't feel bad for doing it. I did it, and it made the game a lot more enjoyable for me as a newcomer to the series. So if you want to be OP, as they say, early in the game, like uh, level up a bunch and find more uh, stronger and more advanced weapons before you are, quote-unquote, supposed to find them, which is, by the way, totally, like, it it doesn't really apply. This is an open-world game. You're not supposed to be anything. And uh, so, yeah, you can totally do that. I did that. I followed the tutorial on YouTube to to level up, like, by five or ten levels, and that made me feel better, and it made sort of a it kind of smoothed out the learning curve at the beginning and i had a very pleasant experience after that which uh, which machine are you playing it on federico pc right i played on pc yeah i regret getting it on the pc i, I only slightly i wish i got it on the ps5 now because hmm. that's just more likely for you to yeah to, to put the time in absolutely it's okay. uh lower friction and yeah. the, the only reason is because i wanted to play something AAA on the steam deck and the likelihood of me playing AAA on a PC is lower than me playing AAA on Xbox or PlayStation or That's Switch. Fair. Yeah. I mean, and everybody says, like, this is one of the games, right? Like, this is, like, yeah. one of the games that actually does work really, really well on the Steam Deck. Here's what I'll say, Federico. I appreciate everything you're saying. I want to get back to this game, and mm. I will endeavor to do it. Yeah. However, I've now been, I've been tempted by another so another okay the thing for me was here right so what the reason i did this is i have been catching up on some podcasts and i've been re-listening to old episodes of the besties which is a show that i adore right nice yeah and the what made me download Elden ring was they would just they just did this episode talking about Elden ring and how much they love it and i was like ah like you know it's just like i feel like this is everyone everyone that i whose like opinions i respect including yours of course just adores this game so and you know they were just the four of them all calling it like oh this might be the best game ever made that kind of thing so i'm like oh whatever i'll give it a go tried it and i was like "Mm, okay i need to spend more time on this Mm -hmm. and then i was listening to more old episodes and they were talking about hades yeah yeah like similarly right like hades was the game their game of the year and the year that they did it and that it came out. And I remember I really liked Hades, but I couldn't keep playing Hades because it was ruining At my the hands. Time, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. But I now I'm that. leveled up and I'm stronger. Bigger and now stronger strong and meaner hands. than before. So <laughs> you, yeah, I have the strong hands, hands now. <laughs> I have the strong yeah, I, I booned my hands, uh, you know, whatever you yeah. would call it. Uh, I my hands are now OP and so I decided to try <laughs> Hades out and yeah, I'm, I'm good for a while. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to play Hades for a while because uh, Hades friggin' rocks and this game works and looks so good on Steam Deck. So I'm good for a bit. Uh, so I'm going to be I'm going to be deep in Hades. I reckon that's probably going to be the game that I'm going to put the majority of time into over the next little while. 
and then maybe I'll go back to Elden Ring. One last one. Uh, I've been a big gamer. I'm a big gaming boy now. Uh, Cursed to Golf. Ah, I've seen this. I've it's seen okay. This. That's what mm, I'll say. Okay. Um, it's got some really fun mechanics, but I think it's made some choices about the way that you like control the camera and stuff, which are just they're just annoying. And I feel like the more I play the game, the more it grates on me. It is, I think, as well, like needlessly, I think, hard. Um, but it's interesting. If you do really like golf games, I think you might get a kick out of it because it's different. But I don't know if it was necessarily what I was looking for in a game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not huge on golf games. Then don't get it. Uh, the one last <laughs> thing I just wanted to double back and make a point that I didn't make an Elden Ring. Look, I get what it's all about, right? Like, I get it. But there should be difficulty settings. There just should be. There just sh- there should be a, difficulty settings. Yeah, this is a whole conversation yeah. about like the gatekeeping of yes. certain video games, right? And and it's there's the game doing it. There's also the con- the context of, but it's the creator's idea to have this kind of experience. But I also, care. I think an issue <laughs> an issue of these games is the gatekeeping of the community. Yes, that turns off a lot of people. Yeah, uh, which is like that. It's the kind of thing that really. Well, that was the joke I was making earlier when bringing up Elden Ring. Right, get good. Like that's the, the joke. Right, like it's a meme. If you can't play Elden Ring, you've got to get good. Yeah, I mean, this whole aspect of gatekeeping goes well beyond Elden Ring, Mm -hmm. and and goes well beyond video games. It's it's the internet, right? There's Mm -hmm. there's every every bit of gatekeeping around every bit of media that's ever going to be created from here on in. And I, I don't know what to think about that, except to just say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not in that game. And if, if somebody says, this is the greatest game ever, and I look at the audience and I speak to my friends and friends who know me, friends who know my taste, they'll tell me, no, it's not for you. You won't have the patience. You know, it will hit all of your anger buttons and all the things that frustrate you about games, uh, that's what you're going to be complaining about, so don't play that. Mm. But nevertheless, I don't know if you're like this, but I'm certainly this way. If there are enough people saying a game is absolutely incredible, I feel compelled to play it, even though I know it's going to hurt. Because I, I I feel like I owe it to myself as somebody who's been in the industry his whole life. Yeah. To, to find out why. And, and I think that's the general principle that excludes so many people. And it's why some blockbusters, I feel like they're missing a trick. Yes, I understand they have a community. I understand that they have to appeal to a hardcore minority in order to spread the message with extreme velocity in the launch and pre-launch phases, right? To get enough traction for people to go on to say, yeah, this is the greatest game ever made. And I'm getting really tired of hearing greatest game ever made. You know, you cannot say something is the greatest game ever made anymore when we've got 40 plus years of history now. Mm -hmm. You need perspective to be able to say that. You need 10 years at least to be able to say, yep, you know what? From 10 years ago, Oh, I remember right. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah Do you know yeah, what I mean? I get you. Because, yeah, it's, because it's, it's the, the immediate problem, right? It has right. to stand up. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so that's that for me is a red flag when someone says this is the greatest game of all time. It's just come out. I I have real issues with that. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to deny that it might well be great for the audience it's aimed at, but if the audience is limited by the community, if the audience is limited by um, the mechanisms that the developers now feel hostage to. In other words, here's a Souls game. It's got to have a certain formula. Otherwise, our community are going to destroy us. I'd feel like if I was a developer, I'd feel like after three or four of those, hey, I, I feel like I'm being held hostage here. I'm not enjoying this anymore. Because I just feel like you've already got my money. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just let me let me play the game. Cause... But you're not the audience. They don't, they don't want they don't care that you buy the game or not. Yeah, I know. But I just, I feel like these days, it just feels like things are moving on, you know, like in this, in that direction, like most large game studios, they are making things more accessible. I mean, yeah, but if I'm I'm like talking myself around here, right? Like, but if FromSoft decide they don't want to be that, I can't, I'm not going to tell them how to make their video game. Like, 
if this is what if this is how they think their video games should be made, like more power to you. But if they if they hope to benefit from this like idea that Elden Ring's the best game ever, there are gonna be a lot of people like me that buy this game and never buy another one. Right? Like if I end up not being able to get through it, which I actually or like not wanting to get through it, which is more likely. Uh, then I'm not going to buy Elden Ring 2 or whatever because I'll know it'll be a waste of my money. But hey, yeah, this but, is... Yeah, yeah. They, you know, do they you, care? I don't know. No, Probably not. no they don't care. And they, 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 and they don't do need it to. internally they, to some extent. But they've, exactly, they have a big enough audience. There's nothing they're going to do that's going to change the core identity of this game. And And you're right. Lots of the larger studios are coming around to making games more accessible in a general sense. But there are a few developers, auteurs, call them auteurs, right, who who can do whatever they want and they will carry on doing what they want and nobody's ever going to make them change. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because we do need people like that too. Like, I get it. Anywho, that's enough Elden Ring because mm-hmm. who knows. Uh, Shade, what, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not been playing as much as last last time was like a record month for me because of Steam Deck. This month has been much more difficult because work has been utterly insane. In fact, just looking over at my things um, to-do list for today, I still have 16 large unchecked items. So it's been like that now for a month and it's not going to get much better. However, I rearranged my shed so that I now have a dedicated working half uh, it's more like two thirds, and then in one third of the shed, I have a dedicated gaming and music space. So I'm really happy with that. It means I now have my the chair I keep banging on about with the uh, footstool right in front of it, and beyond that is a telly below the height of the window. So I've got loads of light coming in, plus a nice OLED screen to which I've attached my PS5, my Xbox Series X, my Switch OLED, um, which is fine because the OLED's going to an OLED telly anyway, and my PC. So I could play any of those devices in the comfort of that wonderful chair. But how many games have I played in that position? Not many. Okay. So the first I want to talk about, not very long, is Far Changing Tides. This is a Game Pass game. Okay. I just like the look of it. It just looked looked interesting with the whole water level idea. It's by... Uh, developer who's been published by Frontier Foundry. Fr- Frontier, of course, the developer who made Elite. And they set up a, a little kind of boutique, family-friendly indie publishing arm, which they're calling Foundry. So they published this. It's far changing tides. It's, it's a limbo-like. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but it is basically limbo-like. It's beautiful, side-scrolling 2D. There's amazing depth to it. There's the, the graphics are just gorgeous. But, you know, when I play something like this, I think, yeah, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. But my goodness, all of those graphics used to make a point and they'll never be functional. That's fine, because the stuff that's happening in the in the foreground is more functional than usual, because you have this idea of a waterline and you can go below the waterline and above the waterline and everything yeah. changes as you're doing this. The whole world is kind of submerged underwater so so there must be some kind of you know global uh climate catastrophe element to it. i haven't discovered that yet but it got to the point where yeah i'd solved some puzzles they felt very limbo like i enjoyed it it was slightly different it did have its own take its own quirks it you know but it had the same silent atmosphere of, of inside and of limbo and and it got to the point where i thought you know what i've played this game already is limbo like a thing now? Like no, as you I say that, that I'm like, yeah, but I know exactly what mm. you yeah, mean. Yeah. Right? I made the term up. I say limbo like be because limbo is one of the earliest awesome games we signed at PlayStation to bring to Vita. Yeah, and my friends at Double Eleven ported it. So, so basically, they they were really good at talking to us about all the problems they were facing with Unity, mm-hmm. right? So they basically got it working. It was absolutely beautiful. And so I played more of that game than just about any other in the early days. Um, and, and because of that, it's really embedded. So whenever I see anything that's, that's got that 2D scrolling with beautiful depth style, with a silent atmosphere, you know, not too much text on the screen and puzzles to solve, it's a limbo-like. Yeah. 
Um, it's beautiful, but I've played that kind of game. And to be honest, I, I, I'm not into that whole abstract puzzle in a beautiful world thing anymore. It was beautiful at the time, but I'm, I'm over that. So the other thing I've been playing uh, with the family is uh, recently some more courses dropped on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mm. Mm-hmm. The slowest game rollout of all time. Yeah, it's but just unbelievable. Every time, though, I I really enjoy 15 minutes. <laughs> you know? I'm like, great, we're done now. We'll wait for six months. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It is great to have them. I like that they roll out, and uh, you know, I like that they are rolling them out, even though it's incredibly slowly. And then once they, you know, and I think it will build over time. So like me and Adina, we played a couple of couple of go rounds of the new ones. And then we're like, oh, let's play the ones from last time too, right? So like over time, I'll be spending more and more time playing the new courses, right? But boy, I would love it if they would just put them all out in one go. But Nintendo, man, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, you know my feelings on this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm still sore, but um, yeah, it's all right. I, I like half of the courses, and the other half, I thought, uh, you, you got to be kidding me. This is not really a race course at all. This is just mind-bending geometry confusion and i'm not into that i much prefer prefer the more old school style so like you know the old um mario circuit type stuff very yeah, flat the, very there defined. was one right like yeah. i think in this new batch was like that's right one the original course from the original super mario kart is in this one yeah i think so it's hard to tell it looks like one of the original mario circuit is at least um, based on it it's yeah, at least based yeah on it. it's yeah. it's obviously the same style but you know the same misgivings i have about this version of mario kart still apply uh just day before yesterday i was first with literally like a hundred yards to go to the finish line i got shelled and uh i was going to use a rude word thankfully this is Mm -hmm. a family-friendly show but i got that thatted Mm -hmm. (laughs) by four people in succession i finished 11th and I was first hmm. with 100 yards to go. You just and need to take the Elden Ring approach to Mario Kart for shows. You just got to get good. True. You know, and <laughs> but then the thing is, <laughs> just got to get good. My friend, I put five <laughs> years into this game. Well, you need to watch some YouTube videos or something. I, I don't know what yeah, to tell you. Yeah. You know, what I need to, you, know, you know what I need to do? I need to get over Mario Kart. That's what I need to do. <laughs> but oh. I can't help it. Because mm-hmm. when you win, it is so good. Yeah. Uh, I play some more. It is, it is. And and you know what? Despite all my complaining, I keep coming back to it. What can I say? If it was mm-hmm. that bad, would I keep coming back to it? In fact, I think I might enjoy the pain. That's why I go back to it. Yeah, probably. I know I can do better. So racing, my racing theme continues. Well done, Mike, and identifying the fact that actually most of my favorite games of all time are driving or racing racer. games. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm something i probably never will be in real life so it's that whole escapism mm-hmm. thing yeah so circuit superstars i've been playing more of that that's the one game i have been playing on the steam deck and i have to say mike you were kind of right because they did a patch recently and i know you're intrigued about this they did a patch recently where they closed off a bunch of the um uh grand prix uh, they added some new ones, but they closed off the ones that were previously open and that I had been playing. And they did it to create some kind of progressive unlock system. Now, when I say you were kind of right, what were you kind of right, right about? You yeah, and I mm-hmm. had a big argument about Gran Turismo. And you uh, said you wanted everything unlocked to begin with. Yes. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. And I said, you know, I kind of like unlocking stuff. Here's what I don't like. They had everything open. Why do they lock it? So it's after the fact, right? If they'd started off, if the deal was, here are the courses that you're going to get to begin with. Here are the Grand Prix you're going to get to begin with. These are unlocked until you get good, right? (laughs) If they'd done that, I would have been happy. I would have been absolutely happy. No problem. But they didn't do that. They closed them off. And I've been racing them, and I've been trying to get my my trophies through the Amateur Cup, because I'm still an amateur, believe it or not. I think I got got beyond amateur in a couple. Anyway, I added some new courses. That was not enough for me. But I still keep coming back to this. I do still think it's an absolutely fabulous game. And I'm pleased they're still updating it. Yeah, I played a little bit and I liked it. But yeah. I just haven't gotten like super deep into it yet. I think it's like, I just like, 
I feel like I need to devote time to it because it races differently to so many of them. It's not like your traditional racing game, right? So you mm. kind of got it. I was I started playing that whilst I was playing the F1 game. Yeah. And that was a bad idea because it was like <laughs> they're nowhere near the same. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I but I do wanna I do wanna try more of it because I do love the art style. It's my favorite type of game. It's like it's got a lineage going back to Atari Super Sprint in the arcades back in the early eighties. Do you remember that? No. Super Sprint. Well, no, okay. Early eighties. A long time ago. I, no, I no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> what can I say? Were you born in the early eighties? No. Well, no. 88. Oh. Okay. Okay. Why am I on this show? Because you are Relics. fascinating. You're a fascinating <laughs> individual with beautiful, absolutely incredible opinions. That's why you're here. But like, look, okay. we're old. Me and Federico are old to most you of our are. listeners, I bet, anyway. You so. are, relatively speaking. You know, we sit here and be like, oh, I don't have time for video games. <laughs> I have responsibilities. I can't sit down and put 40 hours into getting good. And they're all saying, saying, uh, Mike, we put in 40 hours a day. Yeah. 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 Be lucky if I get it in two months. Yeah. So finally, uh, I've been, you're not going to believe what I've been, I've been playing Days Gone on the <laughs> PS5. Okay. Yeah. That's how a touch I am. It's so old. But the thing is, when it was announced mm -hmm. for the PS4, I said, that is a game for me. And like, dozens of absolutely amazing games i ignored it because i just didn't have time sure you know focus on the few that you can focus on so for me that would have been god of war i guess at the time mm -hmm. um but yeah i i started playing that again today sorry i say again i started playing it on the ps5 today and it felt it felt like putting on a really nice comfortable pair of shoes that you have not worn for a long time but still fit you like a glove and there's there are no rough edges. Um, there there's nothing that makes you cross. Everything is reasonably uh, I wouldn't say predictable, but as as you would expect, intuitive. So the controls fall neatly into place. There are still some nice little things that I like. I like the way they've done the pie menus. I think it's really clever, and it feels natural. And it's a great way of getting a lot of depth into a menu system. Um, the prompts are really good. The dialogue is good. I wouldn't say it's uncharted level, but it's good. You know, it doesn't get mm -hmm. on your on your nerves. The graphics are beautiful. They're, they're not up there with top-tier PS5 stuff, but they're pretty close. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Simple, straightforward game. And I like I like the story. I mean, it's obviously it's a very obvious uh, apocalyptic type story, but it's executed well. And I will be going back to that this bit zombies, by bit regularly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing that I loved about it from the original PS4 announced was just how much they were getting on the screen. And uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing. I remember this game's, like, the trailer. Mm. And I just remember my feeling being like, why? why? Mm. Like, that was what I, that's kind of what I remember from it, of like, why is this game happening now i think it was in a year maybe like an e3 or whatever where it just felt like it was 20 gray games in a row mm, i remember that one and i think this was a part of that one and it was kind of just like i don't i felt like i don't need or want this um maybe i got the timing wrong i don't think i have but i think it kind of vanished into not vanished but it was in the shadows of the last of us the whole phenomenon of the sure. last of us as you say there are a whole bunch of games of that kind uh and i think that might be why i didn't dismiss it i just thought yeah i'm going to come back to this at some point i didn't expect a whole generation to pass before i came yeah. back to it but i'm glad i did because it fit it fills that need that i have for a, a solid eight out of ten uncharted type experience okay uh, just saying about Last of Us, obviously Last of Us Part 1 uh, remake, or whatever they're calling it, I don't know, this came out. And it just reminded, like, I was just, what, I was, you know, listening to a review about it or whatever. It reminded me something which I genuinely cannot believe, that Last of Us Part 2 came out in June 2020. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. 
I never played part two. I'm still never waiting for the either. PS5 version. I think I have a memory of like, we didn't want to play that yeah, kind of because, game because at of that the time. pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Mm. But yes. it just feels like it came out so much was more. Was it last year? I think to me, it was a 2021 game. June 2020. And Last of Us Part 2. Wow. 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 I raise you one even better. Okay. Do you remember that the original Last of Us was a PlayStation 3 game? <laughs> yeah. No, I do know that because I played it first as a the PS4 uh, release. Yeah, and it was a remaster yeah. of the, like, uh, now it's been re- remade. Re- well, I guess now it's a remake, mm-hmm. not a remaster. Yeah, I have no interest in playing that again. Thank you. But no, I mean, I'm doing it for the TV show, right? And I get it, right? Like, I get right. why they've it, done it, but I'm good, you know? So I've also been playing, uh, I've been playing on, on the Steam Deck mostly. Obviously, I am saving my Nintendo Switch for November, right? That's, that's when Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will come out and when we will officially rebrand this show as a, as a Pokemon podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm also like, uh, uh, like I mentioned, there's a few games on the horizon that I that that I'm really looking forward to in November. There's the Tactics Ogre uh, remake coming out, so I'm really excited about that one. Now I've been playing on the deck because my my PC situation is still like uh, I, uh, you know, we we bought a house and I just set up my gaming PC in the living room. Uh, unfortunately, we still do not have a fiber connection. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm working with a temporary like um, Wi-Fi hotspot that's based on a 5G SIM card, and so obviously my data is limited. And because the PC has been in a box for two months, it needs to download multiple hundreds of gigabytes of updates, and I cannot do that now. So. Um, I cannot play with my gaming PC oh, at the moment, so I just have the Steam Deck, oh. which is the most up-to-date thing that I have. Um, so, but I've also been playing something on the PS5. Now, let's get to the deck stuff first. Um, been playing Cult of the Lamb. I, I feel like Mike did a, a, an excellent job summarizing what it is, and and you know, it, I think it, it will end up being in, in the Game of the Year list uh, for me as well. Uh, I've gone back to Elden Ring. So, I like I said, I finished the main story, uh, did some more exploration, and then I dropped it uh, four months ago because I felt like I needed to detox a little from the game. It's it's it, it's a very it's an exhausting game, especially in the end, right? When you want to finish the main story. But even with 70 hours into the game, there's still so much to do. And that like in in dipping my toes back into the the Elden Ring waters this week, I realized just how deep and vast the everything in this game is not just the geography of the game but the complexity of the different builds that you can try and the lore uh, like the way that the, the elements of the story are scattered here and there like it's it's very well done when you pick up the breadcrumbs of the story and you start putting together all these little pieces of the Elden Ring lore and the Golden Order and all that kind of stuff um, but then just the sheer amount of stuff, of places that I haven't visited, uh, it's just incredible. Even though I've finished the story, basically half of my map is still uncovered, which I find just an incredible thing. Um, And I'm only, which is funny to say, but I'm only level 150. I've been watching videos from people on YouTube with folks that are level 700 or level 800. And so these folks must have been playing Elden Ring for, I don't know, 300 hours, 400 hours. Um, It's such an... And and obviously, once you get to a certain level, exploring the game's map, I don't want to say it's easy because you still got to be mindful of, of what you do, right? That's one of the fascinating things here. Even though I'm pretty strong right now, and I've unlocked, of course, the, the you know the, the weapon that you get when you finish the story, which is just an incredible weapon with just an amazing skill, uh, which is called the Wave of Gold. Uh, I thought it would just be called the Elden Ring, but you know what do I know? Well, now you become Elden Lord. You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, guess spoilers, but I mean, it's, <laughs> no, they tell you in the intro <laughs> that you gotta become an Elden Lord, so that yeah, and you unlock the, the you know. The, 
uh, the special armor, and uh, I now I basically travel around with my fancy Elden Lord armor and with the weapon. It's very cool, but still, you gotta be mindful of of enemies and and areas that you walk into, and it's it's just um, on the deck. Once you get to a certain point. And once you reestablish, like it's been a few months, so I needed to reestablish, like, what does this game want from me? And I died a bunch of times, and then I remember, oh yeah, that this is how I play this game. Um, it's strangely, strangely relaxing for me at this point. You're just going around, dying a bunch of times, and then realizing, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try and try and try, and then I get it done, and I get the little kick of, of, you know, of satisfaction, and then I move on. So, yeah, there's still so much to do. I really cannot wait to set up my gaming PC again because it looks just gorgeous on a, on a, big, OLED, on a big OLED screen. Uh, but in the meantime, on the deck, medium settings, 40 FPS, uh, very playable, very enjoyable. Uh, it's basically, you know, Breath of the Wild, but by From Software. And I get but that for same feeling. You know what I mean? But for grown-ups. You Not know, for little you know, baby kids. And I, I, of all three on this show was the only one who, in fact, got good in yeah. 2022. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pay, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, not free. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did it. You both did not. So, of big just what it, it is. Mm-hmm. Just what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but then... Something I was able to connect and to set up because I, thank God I, I, I updated this before I left our old apartment, my PS5. And the reason I've been playing again on the PS5 is because I need slash want to finish God of War. So God of War from 2018, there's a new one, Ragnarok, coming out in a couple of months. That's also November, I believe. I need to finish the first one. I'm more, a little more than halfway through the story. I left off this game a year and a half ago or something at the mission called The Sickness. So I looked it up in a walkthrough that's just a little over halfway through. I need to finish this game. I want to finish this game. So I set it up again a couple of days ago and I've been playing a bunch and it just reminded me, first of all, how good this game still looks. Like uh, on the PS5, you can play at the, at the 4K checkerboard with 60 frames per second, and it, and it looks really nice. Obviously, the, the new one is going to look even better. Uh, but th- the thing about this game is that, I mean, I guess, Mike, have you played this game? Have you finished this game? I played it. I've not finished it. I, d- I don't know if I will finish it. So Okay. Can I share a yeah. mild yeah, weapon-related yeah, yeah. spoiler? Yeah. So at some point in the game, you unlock the original weapon of, of uh, Kratos, the Chains of Olympus. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you unlock the, the... Well, I guess they're called the Blades of Chaos now. Um, but yeah, it's basically the same mechanics. There's the, you know... Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Chains of Olympus was the name of a, of a game. But yeah, it's the blades are tied to your arms via chains. So, mm-hmm. you, But you unlock the original weapon Turns out you were keeping the weapon in a drawer under your bed. It's like it's like people storing away a gun or something. Like, yeah, let me get my original weapon from under the bed. I mean, okay, Kratos, that's I mean, it's very original. Um, so you unlock the original weapon, and now it feels like like the God of War I remember. Because, of course, for the first half of the game, you use the Leviathan axe mm-hmm. as your main weapon. But now that I have the blades again with the chains... That's the God of War. That's the combat mechanic that I remember from my PS2 and PSP days. Oh yes, you get yeah. you get the blades, the blades of yeah. chaos. You do. You oh, do. I gotta play this game. You do get. I guess you <laughs> oh, know. I, gotta I mean, play. this is a foil I, I, know, I thought I was, I, was, I thought I was gonna be lumbered with the Leviathan no, axe for the whole game. No, you oh. can switch. You get the. Oh. Well, it's that changes the, everything. How many hours get, in? Ah, twenty, maybe a little more. I'll do it. I'll do it. And you know what? My my wife will do it as well because she was the ultimate God of War fan. She mm-hmm. played till five in the morning. Mm-hmm. The original. It's, and once you unlock the original, the blades again, 
it's it's the, it feels so good. Like oh. the thing about this game, it's a four-year-old game, right? This came out in yeah, 2018, yeah. but the action is so tight and so fluid, and it just—it's one of those games. And I think I mentioned it at the time in, in you know a few years ago when we talked about this game in the PS4 era on this show. And I'm gonna say this again: it's one of those games that has a, a, a Nintendo quality to it. And you may wonder, wait how like in god of war and nintendo quality by that i mean the connection that you feel between your hands and the controller and what you see on screen like they totally nailed that aspect oh there's a brilliant article on the design of that and how how they um how they created the feel very deliberately mm-hmm. and there, there were several elements to it. i won't labor on this too long because i can i know i can get way too geeky on it but one of my favorite things was they took something out of fight games which was when when you have an impact, there yes. is a freeze frame. Yes. Do you remember that article? Oh, yes, so and you mentioned to read that. this. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned this. Uh, uh, oh, just maybe amazing. In, Sorry, carry when, on. Yeah, no, that's the. But yes, that's exactly what I mean. Like it, it makes you feel like your hands are like, and what you see on screen, like everything just fl- flows together mm. so fluidly. And uh, most of all, it is satisfying to play like if, yeah and it's not an easy game even when you play on normal like you i mean it's no elden ring but you you gotta be you gotta pay attention like it's not just you know smash the buttons and and yeah. win like you cannot do that uh so yeah i'm i'm having a i'm having a great time catching up i want to finish the main story because i want to play ragnarok lastly i want to mention something else that i've been playing on the deck called tunic now tunic is this indie game that came out of month ago a couple of months ago uh you may have seen it it's the it looks like a zelda game but you play as a i played fox. it for a bit it was on yeah. uh, game pass yeah it was a game pass uh yeah looks lovely made mostly by a by a single person obviously mm-hmm. with help from you know uh, other uh, studios for graphical assets and the soundtrack but mostly made by a single person now this game i went into this game thinking oh this is a zelda like adventure game because that's what it kind of looks like from from screenshots and videos and that couldn't be farther from the truth mm. and unfortunately i think that's also the game's problem for me um this game wants to be a, a souls like game it it borrows heavily from from software games but it also mixes that in with the with a ton tons of like puzzle elements basically the the whole premise of the game is that you, there's no backstory for you Mm. You are thrown into this fantasy world where you play as a fox, but the 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 language of the game is is hidden from you. The, all the characters and all the signs that you find in the game, they have this cryptic alphabet that you don't know what it means. And as you play, you unlock, and this is all very meta, but you unlock pages of a video game manual, which if you think about it, too much, it kind of breaks your brain because, like, you're playing a video game in which you unlock pages of a manual for yourself. That's kind of weird. But yeah, that's the whole premise of the game where you start piecing together what is happening. And I mean, literally, like the map, the controls, what you're supposed to do by collecting pages of a video game manual, which is in fact about the video game that you are playing. And so, in from in that regard, it very much reminds me of Fez. Uh, mm-hmm. The excellent puzzle game from Phil Fish from a few years ago, um, where you needed to basically collect uh, and and start to uh, you know understand the language of the game, which was a mysterious language that you needed to to uh, to decipher and understand what what was going on. Now the the cryptic part of of Tunic, I feel like it's it's the most intriguing part of it, and obviously the graphical style is excellent. It's very well done and the soundtrack is also very cool also the soundtrack it reminds me of fez in 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 many many ways can i break your brain very quickly about fez yeah fez, fez is 10 years old this year Jeez, hmm. 10 years uh-huh wow unfortunately the problem with tunic is that the it 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 just doesn't feel very good to play like the action and the combat because this game wanted to borrow from dark souls so heavily, uh, one of the risks of doing that, obviously, is that you wanna you wanna use a from software game as a template, where you wanna put the the, the focus and and the spotlight on the combat. You gotta make sure that the combat feels good. 
You gotta make sure that that the game is difficult and challenging, but that also players have agency over every single aspect of it, and then they have a way out of of fights if they want to do that. And unfortunately, the problem with tuning is that the combat doesn't really feel good. Um, mm. I don't know what it is. But there's a bunch of factors here at play, like um, just the the animations and the rolling away and the using the weapon just doesn't feel nice. Um, enemies keep chasing you forever which is may seem like a silly like like a like a like a small difference but it makes the whole difference when you know in, in this carefully balanced system that is Elden Ring um where each enemy has a particular style and and you know set of combos and weight to it when you're not feeling the combat, you can always back out of it and you can always run and say you know uh, even though I aggroed you I just want to escape and enemies like to do that. And in Tunic, the combat doesn't feel good. And so after a while, you're like, okay, I guess I'm just going to run through these enemies and just speed run this game. But you can't do that either because enemies keep chasing you, even though you change, like, uh, this. it's this isometric point of view. So you move from one area to the other, sort of like in Zelda, uh, like in a top-down 2D Zelda. But enemies keep chasing you forever. They never let you go. And so you're stuck with this combat that doesn't feel good and you don't have a way to run away from enemies either. And so I'm very conflicted about this game because it looks lovely. I am intrigued by the puzzles and I and I'm really drawn to its style and and soundtrack. But man, it it's the combat is not fun and that's unfortunate. So I I am probably I like I'm like a couple of hours into it and honestly most likely what's going to happen because I know myself is that I'm going to finish God of War and Elden Ring is going to be my go-to game for like you know um basically what Breath of the Wild was uh 5 years ago jeez I can't believe I'm saying that <laughs> 5 years ago after I was done with Breath of the Wild with the main story I started playing other games but then like <laughs> an hour each day I would return to Breath of the Wild to play it some more it was like, uh, you know, my, my comfort uh, food of a video game. And I think that's what's going to happen with Elden Ring. 